1: The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.
2: You guys make me feel at home every single day. I appreciate you guys so much. And uh, the grind. You guys letting us know when we stuck and when we're really good.
1: (laughs) So I appreciate you guys so much. Let's have a great year. And uh, let's go have a party on Broad Street. Let's have a party on Broad Street. Ray
3: Dinger, that is Bryce Harper before yesterday's game. Got his MVP award. Team did a very nice presentation, and Harper uh, embraces the fans and calls for the parade. Can I I tell you an interesting thing about that? What's that? After the game, uh, reporters were in the locker room and discussing with teammates, like, you know, what do you think of Bryce's talk? And uh, Kyle Gibson said... What's Broad Street? Where's Broad Street? <laughs> Kyle Gibson, by the way, had a great day, and we'll get to that. Yes. Yeah, he says, like, I, I have no idea where Broad Street is. And, um, you know, you're thinking, like, probably drives on it every day when he's going to the ballpark. It's you three blocks to. away. Yeah. Yes. And Castellanos also didn't know, but he's been here about a week. So, mm-hmm. But there you go. But Ray. Ray. After they celebrate Bryce Harper's MVP season, they go out and they beat the Oakland A's four to two. Home runs all over the place. Ray, you know what, Ray? Mm. I don't think I can go. What is it? It's still 10-0-0. Thank you, Sonny. Uh, I don't think I can go to ten oh one without hearing a Castellanos home run. How about you?
4: <sighs> go right
3: ahead. And Irvin's first pitch to Castellanos is blasted deep. Center field, and that one's going to go. It is gone. Over the angled wall, Nick Castellanos with his first home run as a Philly. Two-run shot, and the Phillies lead it 2-0 here in the bottom of the first. Bottom of the first, second day in a row. They plunk Harper, not smart, and then Castellanos launches out of the park. Actually, when he was told about Broad Street, and, and he was told like, that's if the, if the Phillies win a World Series, that's where they will be the parade, he said, so if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, it's Broad Street. Also, it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: Give him a break. Yeah. No, he's, he's only a- been in town a short time, <laughs>
3: right? Hopefully, I mean, he
4: knows his way around Clearwater. He probably knows yeah. his way around, but he's still got to he's still got to kind of get his feet on the ground in Philadelphia. Yeah, he'll and he'll get it. He'll get it, and hopefully,
3: hopefully, Ray. I have to tell you,
4: I'm feeling. You know. I got to say, that even sounded good. The home run. Yeah. Off, off the bat. Oh, I had, love that had, sound of that. Had that nice crack. I like that. The lumber hits horse. Out, mm-hmm. right?
3: It's the greatest. Uh, two days in a row, first inning home runs, new bats. Schwarber on, uh, what's this today? Today is Sunday. Schwarber on Friday, Castellanos on Saturday. Great pitching. on a- – Ray, the power on this team. How about that? Mm-hmm. Three home runs yesterday. Hoskins and Segura hit home runs too. Give him a little bit of insurance the rotation, Gibson with 10 strikeouts, walks none, 7 scoreless innings. The yeah, he pitched good. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And and I told you yesterday everybody knows this team's going to hit a lot of home runs and be a very imposing offense. I think they will score 800 runs for the first time since 2009. I do.
4: That's very possible. I mean, they they got a lot of bats and they got the DH. I mean, it's yeah, it's entirely possible.
3: But I also believe and and this is the clause that you can put on get, save, and pull up anytime you discuss it. Barring injury, this rotation is going to be v- very good. I mean, not historically great. Not the four aces that we saw back in the day. But I think really solid through five. And Kyle Gibson, who's not a star, he's not an all-star, but I think he is a guy who can develop into a everyday fifth starter who you can rely on to win a lot more than he loses. Uh, he, was, he was certainly much better in Minnesota than he was when he came here last year. That happens. Mm-hmm. I think this year, spring training behind him, working with Real Muto, uh, I think he is going to be a guy who is going to be solid and steady. And I'll take solid and steady as my Phillies, Ray, Cruz to a minimum of 89 wins. We may have to raise that, Ray.
4: Minimum of 89, huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mosh, save that. Mark mark that down. Mosh
3: save that. Mark that down.
4: <laughs> I Look, I, I, I hope you're right. I mean, I think, once again, I think the more you talk, the more you get a little carried away. I Not mean, at all, Ray. Well, I mean, you talk about, you think the rotation. you use the terms now? Remember, you said that yep. they could be very... Good.
3: I think yeah. I think it's going to be a top five rotation in the league.
4: See, I'm not there yet. There's too many unknowns in there. There's really too many unknowns in this staff. I mean, if, if all of these guys, you know, have career years, they could get there. But the likelihood of that, I don't think, is really good. I I think with their offense, the pitching just has to be good enough. It doesn't have to be the reason they're winning. It just has to keep them from not winning. So I'm I'm not prepared. Listen, I would love to see all these guys have great years and I would love to see the rotation come together and the bullpen be solid and, and have this team just, you know, win this division by 15 games. I think that would be a, that would be a fun summer. I just don't see that. I mean, all the stuff you're saying about the offense, I'm with you. It's obvious. It's there. The bats are there. Um, I just I just see I still have questions about the rotation, I have questions about the bullpen, and obviously I think anybody with two eyes has questions about the defense.
3: Yeah, oh, the defense is going to be terrible. But if they strike out 12 guys a game, the defense becomes less important. It is it's it is a sad fact of baseball these days, Ray Dinger. The defense isn't as important as it used to be.
4: Defense will still lose you games, though.
3: Oh, and we'll have them. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't misconstrue this by me telling you that Alec Boehm is not going to kick the ball around. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably
4: doing it even as we speak no
3: you know it was interesting they took him they as in Joe Girardi took him out after the 7th inning yesterday for putting Camargo as defensive replacement yeah Um, Boehm had no balls hit to him all night all afternoon which you know that's good that's a good thing
4: right Um, yeah he just just doesn't look like he's just he just doesn't Uh, look like a third baseman he's just too big Uh, I just his hands aren't very good he has no range He's, he's just not a third baseman
2: so Glenn I, I grabbed that prediction you just had and as I'm saving it as Glenn Philly's prediction yeah. I had to add the date
3: because I had your Glenn Phillies prediction from last year would you like to hear it probably right on the money Mosh I yeah. imagine it was exactly correct this is before the 2021 season but they're not going to blow 26 leads this year like they did last year <laughs> close Glenn very close yeah they blew 28 right <laughs> see I know these things
4: that's, hey, Moshe, well done. <laughs> That's good research. Uh, okay. So everyone, I think what, what everyone who just heard the last minute or two, you understand that while in terms of sentiment and emotion, you're kind of with Glenn, you have to, now that you have the perspective, it's best to temper that. But they are 2-0. and Yeah. They are 2-0. and uh, And they're off to a really good start. I, one of the things I do think is going to help them this year, in all seriousness, uh, is that I think the schedule's very favorable early. It gives them a chance to get off to a good start. Mm-hmm. You know, this last 10 years when they haven't gone to the postseason, how many of those years did they get buried in April and May? Yep. Yeah, you know, they really have. Yeah,
3: we've seen them get off to
4: bad and starts. They, they, they got off to terrible starts. Yeah. And, you know, this year you're, you're, you got, in, in the month of April, you got Oakland, you got Miami, you got the Mets hey, without the Grom.
3: Miami's going to be good.
4: I'm not so sure.
3: Well, by you good. Got, I mean, Miami can be 500. Good. No, okay. I don't. They're no, not going to be awful.
4: No, I don't know about that. Okay. And then you got then you got two series with Colorado, who are awful.
3: Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh,
4: and so and you got Oakland right now, who's awful. So their their April schedule to me is very favorable and sort of lends you to think that okay, this year they might actually get off to a good start.
3: <clears throat> I'll take it. Okay. I would love to get some Phillies talks. 215-592-9494. We're going to bring an interesting uh, discussion in that I don't know that we've ever had coming up in a couple minutes before that or leading into that, Ray. Your Philadelphia 76ers yesterday beat the pathetic uh, Indiana Pacers. Mm Mm-hmm. Mo, should we have a highlight of that? Okay, let's hear it.
5: Good luck from Harden down to Joel. What? (laughs)
3: there you go Embiid was amazing yesterday not <laughs> he always is uh 41 points 20 rebounds ray mm-hmm. so here's the way it works today today is the last day of the nba season i think everybody's in action i know the sixers are and i know the boston celtics are and the way it works is the sixers play the pistons at home uh having lost to the pistons last week out in detroit they got to beat the pistons at home today right i mean that's, oh yeah okay that's gonna happen yeah sure now, the Celtics play the Grizzlies on the road. If the Celtics win, the Celtics are the three seed, the Sixers are the four seed. If the Celtics lose and the Sixers win, the Sixers grab the three seed. The Grizzlies are locked in to their playoff spot out west. Mm-hmm. So they don't – they may have a day where it's like, you know, John Morant, you come off injury, you're not playing. Right. You, Van Vliet, you're not playing. You're not playing. You're not playing. Um not Van um, uh somebody else on their team, but John Morampi being the big one. So they, they may decide that they don't care if they beat the Celtics. This matters because if the Sixers are the four seed, they open with Toronto. Right. Ray Dinger, let's play current events. Uh-huh. If the Sixers have to go to Toronto for game three and four and six of that series, who can't play? Viable. Why not?
4: Not vaccinated. Mm.
3: How does that impact your squad? <laughs> it
4: takes away one of your starters. It takes away your best perimeter defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not a good place to be in a, in a playoff series. Uh-uh. I think that could be the difference. You know, I, I mean, Toronto, I, I, Toronto's, uh, Toronto's a pretty good team anyway. Oh, well, sure. And if, right you, if you can't match up with your best defensive player, then you're at a big disadvantage.
3: Yes. I really am worried about that. I really am. Oh I, yeah, you, I, I, you should I, be. I'm worried about it because, you know, obviously I want to see them win. Um and I'm worried about it because if if somehow they do this and they lose and and they, they let's say they split the first two games at home, then they got to go to Toronto and Thibel's not there and they lose because the defense can't hold up. Right. Thibault's teammate. Look, I'm not even talking about the fans. Thibault's teammates are going to look at him like, "Hey, Thanks, buddy. Yeah. This was our year. This was Embiid's MVP year. This was why James Harden came to Philadelphia. One of the reasons James Harden wanted to come to Philadelphia and leave New Jersey is because he was sick of having an unvaccinated teammate who couldn't play. Right. If they lose and, you know, looking ahead here and Thibel is a factor, that's uh, bad days in old BlackRock.
4: I would agree. I would agree. I think it'll be, be hard to bring him back, to be honest. I mean, the two people, if, if that happens, if they draw Toronto and they have to play without Thiebel, um, I don't know if they can survive that series. I really don't I don't really don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, it seems weird to say that about a guy who gives you nothing on the offensive end, but his defense is so critical, especially in this matchup, that if they have to go without him in a playoff series, I just don't know if they can win it. You know, and then, then, then you got to look at all the repercussions in the off season, and where does this organization go? And what does that mean for Doc oh, Rivers? If, it, and, if
3: it's a first round exit, it's, <laughs> you got to, you got to figure the coach isn't going <laughs> to survive. This is not why we tanked for all those no, years. No,
4: no. I mean, that would be after everything that this team did to get to this point, and the hardened trade and all. To go out in the first round would be would be disastrous, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and the long range implications would be extreme. Yes, they would.
3: All right. Um, One more thing. Actually, let me take one call, and then I'm going to get into kind of our fun topic of the day, which I don't think you and I have ever discussed in all these years. Last night, I had the pleasure of going up to New Hope with my wife and watching the latest incarnation of Tommy and me at the Bucks County Playhouse.
4: Very kind of you to do
3: that. Oh, it was a pleasure. And we did a talk back afterward. It was a great crowd. They were enthusiastic. They loved it. And one of the people that we ran into there is our caller from California. Jack from Santa Barbara was there. And may I say, <laughs> the dude was looking good, much better groomed than I've seen him in the past. He, he looked great.
4: It, <laughs> was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was great to finally get to meet you, Jack. Yeah. What a pleasure that was. Hey, you clean
6: up well, nice. It, well, I, you know, I met you guys 18 years ago at the hoagie shop, thanks to my brother Frank. So, um, so yeah, the first. Well, I people, met you at
3: the brewery, like whatever, two years ago, and uh, yeah, I you went know. out of
6: my way to always yeah. track Glenn down, but I never got to see Ray because he's he's a little bit busy. <laughs> so, so I got to see Ray, and yeah, it was great. And and I also had a WIP moment. It went while I was in line. So so Ray, you're out waiting to do the book signing, and I'll share this. Story WIP story. So I say, Hey, prof. So he's up on on the stage and, and, and he, and he gets my attention and I get his attention and we have our little jag, you know, and he's got that, that, that wonderful radio voice. Right. So the people are listening to him and I have this dialogue Mm -hmm. and I get, I get back in line and this guy says to me, you're Jack from Santa Barbara. I heard three weeks ago <laughs> that you were coming to the play. And he, and he said, and I want to tell you, I, I really like when you're on the radio. So, oh, nice. so my name's Bob. And I said, well, do you call in? And he said, no, no, I just listen. I, I love these guys. But, but and so, so I had my Tommy moment there while I was getting my book signed for dad from Ray. Very nice. And then along with the signature, Glenn, I got, like, the perfect Catholic school penmanship. Oh, the handwriting is astonishing.
3: <laughs> Listen, I, I, so even if if you, like, have no interest in reading Ray's book, you should still buy it just to get him to sign it to <laughs> see. That's a penmanship. Oh, it's incredible. It really is. It really is. Well, yeah. Jack, just re- real quick, because we've got to move on, but the show, pretty damn good. Oh. Well, the first thing I need to acknowledge is the person that got me there
6: came in from Hawaii and made a commitment to get me there because I can't travel alone, and she got me there. So I wanted to acknowledge Peggy, who I introduced to you. Yeah,
3: nice, very and, nice.
6: And the people where I'm staying are help, helping me get there, too. So, um, but but um,
3: what, what, what were you saying before that? I was saying that I wanted you, before we let you go, to talk about how you felt about the show itself. Well, I told Ray that...
6: I was so moved by the crescendo in the show that that built up the way it did to the aha moment Um, that, that the writing was the pacing and the writing and the
4: casting.
6: It was all like riding a perfect wave. Yeah, it was pretty
4: damn good. Hey yeah. Jack, it was Jack we was, got to run, it, but it was great. you, It was to see great you, man. seeing you there. That was really thank, was, yeah. th- thanks. What sur- thanks for coming in. What a nice surprise that was yeah. to have him in line there, getting the book and then introducing himself as Jack from Santa Barbara. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Very cool. Um, but thank you for coming last night. Oh, it, yeah, it was yeah. it was a gr- it was a great night. I'm we always had, there. We had two we had two shows yesterday. We had the one show at two o'clock with Valerie Knight came and was hosted the talkback and the theater was full. It was packed. And then last night it was just about full. Uh, and they were two great audiences and two great shows. So um, it's really been going well. You got another one today? We have another show today at 2 o'clock. If anyone wants to come out, uh, there are still tickets available, Bucks County Playhouse in New Hope. Uh, We have a show today at 2, and then we come back next week for a run Thursday, Friday, two shows on Saturday, and then the final show on Easter Sunday. And a little sneak preview is uh, next Friday night, the host of the talkback is none other than Joe Conklin. Sweet. So, so if you're a Joe Conklin fan, uh, come on out Friday night and see Tommy and me and get to see I'm Joe Conklin. I'm
3: curious if he's going to play that straight or how that's going to go. Uh, okay, I want to get into the issue of the day, and it's this. I got into a debate with somebody yesterday about Embiid and the MVP, uh, and I was backing Embiid. And Embiid today is going to win the scoring title, uh, assuming he you know, gets... Whatever, 10, 15 points. It's more important the Sixers lock down and win. But he will become the first center to average thirty points a season since Moses Malone did it before he was even on the Sixers. Right. Um, yet all and I mean, you see, you you made the case yesterday. Where would the Sixers be without him? You see how he is great year day in and day out, game in and game out. Um, he's going to lose the MVP by all accounts to Nikola Jokic. And there's no shame there. Jokic is having a great season, I, it's, you know, but, but I think not as great. So after we discussed it, a guy I know who's a big basketball geek reached out to me and said Jokic. And here's what he said. He said, Glenn, you have to realize Jokic is first in the league in. I'm going to read this just straight. Vorp per BPM, DPPM, OBPM. W S slash per forty eight W S O W S Raptor War Total Raptor Offensive Raptor Any Second in D W S and D W Raptor Ray, I didn't know he played for the Raptors. <laughs> so you want you want to know what Raptor is what is it? Raptor is robust algorithm using player tracking and off ratings. I don't know and on off ratings. I don't know what that means. It's it measures the number of points a player contributes to his team offense and defense per 100 possessions relative to a league average player okay great i have a headache now it got me thinking what stats mean something and which stats mean something and which stats don't because there are people who have have taken a, a different look at stats and saying the the traditional stats in sports are are overrated, uh, and I'll give you one because this is the one that comes up the most. And I think there's some truth in this. Wins by a pitcher is an overrated stat. Used to be, hey, a guy wins 20 games. I mean, he's an ace. That's it. First of all, nobody pitches enough anymore to do that. Right. But second of all, we can agree that a pitcher can go eight and eight and and have a great year, but he doesn't get the offensive support. Or a pitcher can go 15-5 and and be a mediocre pitcher who just happens to pitch in good luck. Right. So I would agree that pitcher's wins is an overrated stat. Okay. Okay. But I would also argue that a lot of these new stats, which I think are contrived stats, I'm not an anti-analytics person, but I think that people who just... Marry themselves to these stats and say, that's it. You can't argue. It's VORP. That's that's what matters. You can't argue. Right. Thus makes those stats overrated. Right. War in baseball, to me, is an overrated stat because people say, like, that's the end of the argument. He had a 3.8 war. He had a 3.2 war. Bobby Abreu is more valuable than Jimmy Rollins because his war was higher. Right. No, he wasn't. No. No, he was not. I agree. And by the way, nobody can actually tell you what war is.
4: Like, what goes into it? Yeah, what's, what's replacement.
3: What's the math? Yeah. Yeah. How is that measured?
4: I don't know exactly how it's calculated, but right. I know people use it as the absolute arbiter of every argument. Right. You know, no, no, it's, no it's, it's war, will tell you otherwise. Well, so that's overrated. Yeah. So
3: here's what I want to do today. Ow. And start with you. I just hit my funny bone.
4: That yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that, Look, that looked that, painful. It, it, it's <laughs> such a weird... Why do you have
3: the, this little part of your body... That is so vulnerable, like so exposed, yet so vulnerable. You you back your arm into a chair, all of a sudden your fingers are numb. Anyway, see, these are the I things digress. I
4: miss when we don't work together, you—I mean, you're banging your elbow out that hole in Haverford. I never get to see that. Right. That <laughs> that hurt.
3: Anyway, Ray. Yeah. Here's the thing. We have we didn't give away our prize yesterday, our fifty dollar gift card to uh, Scheib Vintage Sports. Uh, where there is a story in every stitch. I love that line. Check out their throwback apparel at their Center City location or at Today, we're going to have a big conversation. We'll talk about the Phillies. We'll talk a lot about the Sixers. Keith Pompey is going to join us later uh, from the Philadelphia Inquirer to talk some Sixers. Uh, we're going to lead into Phillies baseball. You're going to give an NFL draft uh, preview later on. But I want to have the topic of the day be a stat that you think is overrated. Any sport. And the thing is, I think this will be interesting because some people will say kind of old traditional sports stats, and some will go the other direction. And at the end, Moshe Kravitz gets to award a fifty dollars gift card to which one he thinks is the best. Which oh, good! Takes oh, us off the
4: hook. I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad you're handing that responsibility to Moshe. I, I never want that responsibility. No, nor do I. So I'm
3: give predicting me predicting that I won't be able to make a decision between two. <laughs> okay. Well, you're going to have to, or you can go to advertising and say we need another gift card. They'd probably give you one, but oh, I was trying it's to flip it back
4: to you guys.: No,
3: no, not happening. Ray, give me an overrated stat. Um,
4: I'm Because I'm a football guy, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I always think football first. Um, I think completion percentage
3: in football <laughs> Is there a p- particular person you would want to cite in making that argument?
4: <laughs> of course. First one I first one that comes to mind is Sam Bradford, obviously. Broke the record. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, he's got the if you, if you look in the Eagles record book for completion percentage of the season, it's, you know, it's not Cunningham, it's not Van Brocklin, it's not McNabb, it's none of those guys. It's Sam Bradford. And, you know, it just yeah, he completed a ton of passes, but and I I, I had this discussion with the guys who were covering the team back when Brad in the one year that he was here. Talking about, he's oh, he's completing 70% of his passes. I said, Yeah, but he doesn't score touchdowns and he doesn't win games. You know, that's when you get right down to it. That's that's what a quarterback's there to do. He's you know, he's there to get the ball in the end zone, and at the end of the day, he's there to win a game. Yeah, if he completes 70% of his passes and you lose, I don't particularly care. Okay, well, it would be like he did third and two after Bradford has completed two passes for four yards apiece. I I can't tell you how many times in that season you would have a possession where Bradford would complete three passes and you'd be punting. Yeah,
3: that's great. That you know what? Most Ray could win. Although you know the people that Chibesports. sports. You, you yeah, that. no, I'm, I'm yes, fine. Ray cannot right. win. Ray cannot win. But well, that is a great I mean
4: one. you could at least think about it before you before you before you <laughs> slam the door on me,
3: all right. Here we go: 94-94. Everything is on the topic. We'll certainly work the Eagles into the conversation as we go on. And by the way, nice thing happened to the Flyers game last night. We'll bring that into the talk too. Yes. Uh, but bigger focus on the Phillies and you know my unbridled enthusiasm. I'll admit it. Uh, just most don't play that thing again, and uh, and also a lot of talk about the Sixers where they are and. I don't know. A little nervous going into the playoffs. Right in your Glenn Mac
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: Ray Glen Glenn Mackinac, 94 WIP. Get to the phones in one second, Ray. One thing, uh, there was a big story on Joel Embiid in The Athletic this week. Really good profile. It covered a whole lot of stuff. And if you're an Embiid fan, try to find it. Try to read it. There's one thing that really bothered me a lot. Joel Embiid, um, when he orders steak mm-hmm. or any meat, has a, um, he's got a, f- I guess he's got a fear of food poisoning. And so he orders his steaks, quote, extra, 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 six, well done. Burned. Um, I can't abide that. No, neither, I, I
4: didn't know that.
3: Yeah. I've lost a lot of respect. <laughs> I'm not really, but I mean, people are going to take that too literally, but really? I've I've never understood people who order their meat well done, because to me, all you do is you take out the flavor and the texture of it. Exactly. And yeah, to each his own. I mean, you, you have the constitutional right to do it. I'm not telling you you can't, mm-hmm. but I will raise my eyebrow in doubt and question. I had this conversation on the radio 20 years ago, when I was doing the show with Jody McDonald, the issue came up. I don't remember why. I don't think it was Jody, but the issue came up. And we got a call from a guy who was a big-time chef at a local steakhouse. Mm -hmm. And he said, let me tell you a little industry secret. When somebody orders a steak well done or extra well done, in this case six extras, we find the worst piece of meat we have, and that becomes the steak because... Once you cook it that much, it doesn't make a difference. You are creating shoe leather. Right. The beautiful, you know, marbling of the steak and all the parts, yeah, like, it's, you know, the, 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 that becomes irrelevant. It's so, lost. True. Right. So you're just getting the worst piece of meat in the house.
4: Right. As Jake Lamotta told his wife in Raging Bull, you overcook it, it defeats its own purpose.
3: <laughs> wow. Good pull, right? Remember that? No,
4: but that was a good
3: pull. Anyway, that's that's my that's my Embiid factoid of the day. I see
4: you're disturbed as I am. Yeah, I I I don't know why I I don't know why I I just had visions of him being a guy that just liked the nice juicy rare steak. It was a
3: connoisseur of the finer things in life. Yeah, yes, the finer things in life are not taking your steak and turning it into gristle.
4: No, I can't imagine Jody Mack is an extra well done guy, right? I I
3: don't, I don't. I just remember that Jody's
4: a medium rare guy. I, I, I.
3: I don't know. I'll Well, we'll we can ask. But, I'd be willing to bet that. But I just remember it came up as a topic when I was doing the show with Jody, and I just remembered that chef calling in and always thought after that, like, when I see somebody order a steak well done, I'm thinking, like, guess what you just got? Yeah. You got the one sitting in the corner with all the junk on it. Yep. All right. Uh, now that we covered that, let's talk to Mike in Yardley. You're on with Ray and Glenn. Hello, Mike.
2: Hey, guys. How are you doing? All right. Got to talk to you both last night, and uh, I had a disappointment with the show. And uh, my highlight, the disappointment was, Glenn, I couldn't track down Jack from Santa Barbara. He's my favorite caller to the show. You pointed him out to me, but he got away before I could track him down.
3: Right. The Jack's becoming a cult figure. <laughs> he, he certainly is. Oh yeah,
2: for sure. Uh, fellow surfers that need to connect sometimes.
3: Oh, well, I, I remember talking to you. Yeah, you're the yeah, surfer. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and uh, but what was really, uh, I thought great, especially in the uh, the talkback section, is that it was clear that. This program had a lot of fans there because Glenn brought up the times when Ray is less than his gentlemanly self, and you said we have a pet name for him on the show, and then the crowd went Roy in unison. <laughs> they
3: did. Three hundred yeah. people. Three
4: hundred people go Roy. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I noticed that. It
2: was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was that was the, my highlight, but it was funny is I couldn't find Jack and I went to get my car at the valet and I'm standing in front of Stella's which is the restaurant right next to the theater and Ray comes walking over and he gets uh, you know a bunch of people come over and swarm over to him there's two or three couples and they're all really happy and excited to talk to Ray And then it turned out they didn't even know that the show was next door at the playhouse. I thought it was really pretty funny. Ray, you were great with them though. It was it was wonderful. Well they were
4: nice folks. And I I, yeah, and I told them, I said, Well did you come to the play? And they said, What play? And I said, uh, the one right over there. So uh, they, they, they promised that they will come back this week, and I, yeah, we I trust so. that they will. Hey, Mike, uh, give, us, uh, give us a stat that is overrated. A
3: stat
2: that's overrated, in my opinion, is on base percentage because it's the foundation of the analytics problem we have. It overvalues walks, and all of a sudden you've got guys trying to work counts and take pitches, and it's just kind hold of on. ruined the game.
3: Hold on, Hold on a second. Sure. Are you telling me that my JV high school baseball coach, and let the record reflect that that's where my career ended, Mm -hmm. as a utility infielder on JV high school baseball, Okay. are you telling me that when he used to say, hey, Mac now, Walks as good as a hit. Walks as good as a hit. You're telling me that wasn't the truth? That's not the truth. Oh, my gosh. The ball put in play is better
2: uh, if it's a single. You you have much more chances for the other team to make mistakes, especially the corner butchers are going to make a mistake. And a walk never turns into a double, but the corner butchers turn outs into triples i got you now i have one other disappointment glenn and i want to get this off my chest right now i was really hoping you were going to challenge ray the way you said you were going to do yesterday with what with him getting on the
3: bandwagon of the philly oh well i'm doing that today yeah Yeah, we
2: we need to do it ray you got to jump on come on
3: (laughs) good persuasive (laughs) argument mike thank you ray come on is that enough they're two and zero. Oh,
4: okay, there you go. Well done. Undefeated. Congratulations. I'm happy for you. They're going to win today. Can I tell you the A's are terrible? They are terrible. Yeah. This there's they're 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 a, they're a 95 loss team. Tank, if if things go well. Tanking has
3: become a part now of baseball as it has been of basketball. Oh yeah. Uh, there said the Reds are tanking um the or well i don't think the Orioles are tanking they're just they're bad they're just inept yeah um there's another team that's tanking and i'm forgetting who it is pirates uh, uh the pirates are ta- well uh, yeah the pirates are tanking it, and it's and it's despicable it really is if the fan base i listen we went through it here with the sixers and the sixers fan base by and large hung in they bought into it they they persuaded people that this process thing was good okay it has now become such a part of sports, and I just can't abide it. I don't like it. I just don't. You know.
4: All right, whatever. You know, who's trending in that People direction have heard too. Me say that. It's Cleveland, and Cleveland had been good for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, but they're heading towards. Yeah, they Tankville. Are. Yeah. Yep, yep. They are. Not doable in the NFL. No, there's too few games, uh, and there's too much scrutiny. I, I, you know, I mean, does it look like at the end of a season a team might? Throw a game away to get a higher draft pick, maybe. But yeah, well, team
3: we saw ten- that here, but uh, it's yeah. not a season-long... For, for a season, though. No. Yeah, because you get your guys... I mean, what, are you going to have no offensive line and kill your quarterback? Right. Yeah. Brandon in Brookhaven, you're on with Glenn and Ray. Brandon, good thing happened last night down at the Wells Fargo Center.
1: Yes, yes. Can I give my stupid stat first? So sure. So I forget it. Yeah. No you know what drives me nuts? Remember that Tampa Bay Eagle game, and they're all saying that the weather... The oh. is un, like doesn't win in cold yeah, weather. Yeah,
3: the, the, the Bucks could never win under 40 degrees yes. up until yes. the moment that they did.
1: <laughs> those type of stats drive me nuts. <laughs> yeah. The wind comes from the north-northeast. This team as this record of when it comes from the north-northeast.
3: Yes, I but, hear you.
1: But those, those are the stats that drive me nuts. But I have a quick story of Lou Nolan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's such a good guy. My wife, who's looking at me right now, waving at me, she met Lou Nolan because uh we knew someone had season tickets right behind him. And we noticed that he always brings candy to do the the um the game. Mm-hmm. So the next game we came, she brought him like a birthday because 'cause they're born the same day. Yeah she now she's behind talking. Uh, Sorry. Hey, <laughs> hey, welcome welcome to my life. Yeah. <laughs> Judy, I'm on the phone. Yeah, but tell him this. Yeah, go ahead. And uh she Lou Nolan invited her down in the box. She sat in the box, sat next to Lou Nolan and they were having a great conversation. He's such a nice guy, down to earth. And I just really like to congratulate him for his 50th year. And very nice. uh, it's great to see the Flyers honor him. So I just wanted to share that story. You got it. And, it was, and it was
3: very great, nice. Brandon. And, I'm and, glad you did. Yeah, nice story about your wife. Uh, yeah, so last night at the Flyers game, they decided it was, it was appropriate, it was, and it was, to honor Lou Nolan, who is in his 50th year. As the PA man. Yeah. Um, and by the way, a couple of days earlier, Lou Nolan went over to Citizens Bank Park to congratulate, shake hands and do a little tribute to Dan Baker, right. who is also in his 50th year yeah. as the Phillies public an- uh, address announcer. Yeah. Uh, two Giants, and Lou is is a great guy. I, I know Lou pretty well. Our kids played hockey against each other, and mm-hmm. Lou and I used to sit over there in the stadium, you know, jabbering, <laughs> watching our kids pound each other, Um, and d- has always done a great job. I remember the first hockey game I ever went, the first Flyers game I ever went to when I moved here, right? 86. Mm-hmm. And I went to a game, um, December 86, first game I went to. And before the game, I see this guy walking across the ice, you know, real short steps so he doesn't slip on the ice, right? right? And the crowd goes, boo. And I'm thinking, (laughs) why are they booing this poor guy? What, do they want him to fall down? And I realized that the public address announcer had such a personality and such a public position that the fans chanted his name as he came on before the game. And it's only grown since
4: then. They did. He, uh... Lou worked for the team and worked in the building at the Spectrum before he actually got to the microphone. He was like a press box steward uh, and worked in the P- in the public relations department with Joe Cadillac. And then the guy who was their original PA guy, I think his name was Eric Johnson, maybe. Um, for whatever reason, I think he might I think he might have jumped over to the Blazers. I think uh-huh. he might have gone to the, the when the WHA came in. That's not a good decision. And so they gave uh, they gave Lou the opportunity to become the public address announcer, and he. And people loved him, and here he is, fifty years later, still doing it. You know the you know the Louis you know the Louis moment, and he and I are good friends too. The Louis moment that I, that always sticks out in my mind was the Flyers win the first Cup. They beat the Bruins Sunday afternoon, one nothing, and the people are storming the ice. The people have climbed over the glass. They're on the ice. They're they're you know Clark and Perron are trying to skate the cup around. All the people are around them, and Louis comes on the PA system and says, Oh. Uh, the, the voting has been completed, and the winner of the Conn Smythe Trophy for the playoffs, most valuable player, and there's this pause, there's this hush in the building, and Louis says, our goalie, Bernie Perrant. And I thought, you know, that's crossing the line, okay, but it was so perfect for the moment. It's the time to do Our it. Our goalie, yeah. Bernie Perron. Yeah. I'll always remember that. That's nice. That's nice.
3: Anyway, congratulations to him. And uh, I was with you up at Buck's County. so I didn't see it, but I saw photos. Looks like they did a nice job. Lindris was there. Uh, I saw a nice picture of Bernie handing Lou some kind of plaque or something. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems like they did it upright. And a, a team that has made many, many mistakes on the ice and too many off the ice. Seems like they got that right, and that's a good thing.
4: Yeah, give them credit for the the Jeru the night was a great night. Mm-hmm.
3: They did that one very well, and they honored Louie last night, which was really good. Yep. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. You know the topics, and included among them, give us the most overrated stat. Can't say we have anything yet that would qualify as a winner because really, you know, that weather thing wasn't a stat. Uh, but we'll we'll get some. Ray and I have to roll out a few more. We will. Ray and Glenn on ninety four WIP. Ray Danger, Glenn Mack Now. Uh maybe we'll tell that story later. Uh let's uh, oh, I I can't wait to hear it. Well, we'll get to it. All right. Christina Laurie wouldn't shake my hand one day. That was the story. Uh and the re- and and germaphobe or something. I or, or just didn't like me. Um it was during a winter day winter night, Friday or Saturday night years and years ago. Um my wife and I went to the movies, Narberth Theater. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Standing in line might have been to see the English patient because I have bad memories of that whole night. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah.
4: God, that movie just kept going. It, I think it's, it's, it's still running. It was interminable. It was just interminable. Yeah. And anyway. that won the Oscar, right? I know. And there was a great
3: Seinfeld episode about how Elaine didn't like the movie. And, and, and everybody came down and like, what do you mean you don't like the English patient? The Eng- you have to like the English patient. And she, and she did the, like, it just goes on and on and on. And it's like, but it's the English patient. And- so we're we're uh, we're getting in line to get tickets, and I see like two people in front of me. Is Jeff Laurie, uh, who you know I had met. I I think I might have still been with the Inquirer at the time, and I'm covering the Eagles more, and so I you know spoken to Laurie on at least an occasional basis, and so I I said, hey, you know Jeff, nice to Glenn Macnow, nice to see you, and he shook my hand. Yeah, how are you? Uh, and I said, this is my wife Judy. He said, and hey, this is my wife Christina. I put my hand out. Her hands never left her coat.
4: Is that right? Yeah.
3: They were in the pockets. It was winter night. Maybe she was cold. Hands were in the pocket. Then my hand was standing out there like an unanswered question, right? Just
4: <laughs>
3: one, one uncomfortable that's, tamale. That's, a, just that's an uncomfortable Hanging feeling. out. It's <laughs> an uncomfortable feeling. Right? And then, like, what am I going to do with this hand which is out there? So I did the, like, I'll just
4: scratch the back yeah. of my head and mm-hmm. put it back in my pocket. That, that's always a good way of doing it. That that yeah. little scratch to the back. Right. Do, do the little chip <laughs> kelly. Scratch the back of your head and then put your hand back in your pocket. Is
3: that a, was that what you said that was his tell? That's when he's was lying.
4: Laying? Yeah. Yeah. When he's when he's getting ready to tell a lie, he, he reaches back and scratches his neck. You should have played poker. I had them all. I had every coach down. <clears throat> and, you know, it, it took <clears throat> eh, about half a season, but then you figured out the tells. When they, were, when they were lying. Andy's was the throat clear? And, no, no, no. Andy's was the uh, twitching mustache. <laughs> he, would, he would give you a little Oliver Hardy twitch of the mustache. That was when he was getting ready to tell a lie. With, with Chip, it was scratching the back of his uh, neck. That's great. With Buddy, Buddy would fiddle with his glasses. Buddy would reach up and fiddle with his glasses. Wow. But he's going to tell you a lie.
3: Right. You, you got to get down to Atlantic City, man.
4: I even, I even figured out Jimmy Johnson because I, I covered the Cowboys so much. I was down in Dallas so much. I even figured out Jimmy Johnson. He licked. He would lick his upper lip, like he would run his tongue across his upper lip. Right. That's good. That's that's. I never. You know, Vermeil never lied, so there was right. never there was never anything to to find. Dick was incapable of lying, but every other coach I ever knew lied. That's great. That's so great. <laughs> you just had to figure out when they were lying. Let's go to uh, Geary,
3: our pal Let's Geary. Look. We saw him. Whoa! I got feedback. We saw Geary at the play last night. How are you? Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. You look good last uh, night.
7: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You look good too. Uh, Ray, I, I just want to, I just want to say, um, thank you, uh, for all the 70 plus year old people, um, uh, that were Tommy McDonald fans. And I, I get choked up because he was my idol as well. And that play was awesome last night. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And,
4: thank you. Um, it was,
7: you know, it was, it was excellent. So,
4: Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad you came, and I'm glad you enjoyed. it. Was that the first time you had seen it, Gary?
7: Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, and um, uh, I, and um, my wife enjoyed it as well. She's she like Judy is not a sports. You know, I've been doing sports as as long as you know that you know. It's officiating in three three different sports. My wife is not a sports. Enthusiast,
3: <laughs> so right? Fun. But it works. Well, it that works. was that's the whole yeah. thing. It's 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 it, the background is sports, but it's really the kernel of the story is about oh. a, is about a kid growing up to be a man and hero worship and all those things.
4: Mm-hmm. It's about relationships, and that's that's we that's, hear that Gary we hear that all the time is in the theater when people say, and usually it's the wife. I mean, usually they're at the show because he wants to be at the show, and she kind of goes along because it's theater. Uh, and we hear that all the time. Is gee, I thought this was a play about football, but it's a lot more than that. And uh, we heard a lot of it last night, and a lot of it's a tribute to the actors because they are so good. Oh, they are they so are. good.
7: They were they were excellent, excellent. I did. Uh, I saw it. Read after the after the performance, I and I didn't get a, my question in, but my my question uh, that I was going to pose was um, uh, why you know why is Tommy's number not retired, even with uh, you, had, uh, you have uh, Pete's 44s retired, Tommy's 40s retired, and, and Benarik's 60s retired on the same team. Why isn't 25 retired?
4: Well, um, the best way to explain it is that all of those guys, the other guys you mentioned, uh, Brookshire 40, uh, Retzlaff 44, Benaric 60, were all retired long ago we're all retired in, in the 60s. Um, I think what happens sometimes, and I'm not meaning to criticize Jeff Lurie by saying this, but very often when a new owner comes in and buys a team, um, his view is kind of the, the history of the team began begins with the day he bought the team. And everything that went before is sometimes forgotten. Uh, and so that's why last year I proposed, I wrote, I wrote an article about it, actually, <laughs> uh, kind of hoping it would plant the seed in somebody's mind. Uh, what I proposed last year was retiring the number 25 uh, and saying, and honor two players. And you can retire 25 and honor both LaShawn McCoy and Tommy McDonald.
7: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. knowing,
4: knowing that Jeff would be probably inclined to retire Shady's number, because he is your franchise's leading rusher, but if you're going to retire 25, then honor both the great players that wore it. I kind of thought that right. that, I kind of just wanted to put that idea out there and, and hope that maybe they would act
7: on it. Yeah, so and maybe of- they will. Similar to Del Ennis and Pete Rose, and fourteen is retired. So, with the Phillies,
4: yes, uh, yeah, 14 and and also uh, Jim Bunning. They retired it for Bunning, but they've also got a couple of other very worthy fourteens. Let's get to Rob before we hit the bre- I didn't ask him if he had a uh, overrated stat. Sorry
5: about that, Rob. What's on your mind, Glenn? Yes, sir. I I, I really respect your baseball thing, uh, you. Ray. I'm your age. I was born in April. My birthday was Monday, April fourth of forty-six. So we're contemporaries.
4: Yes, we sure are.
5: All right. I went to St. Joe's. I went to South Philly High. St. You went to St. James. That is correct. I wrote, I wrote for my high school sports newspaper. I used to hate Bishop Newman because I went to Southern, and I went to a St. James game one time. I had a roof of those guys in the blue uniforms. That, that, that being said, I'm a big I'm going out to Burbank in the fall. I'm a writer myself. I'm a screenwriter. So I'm, I'm going to go going there for good I spent a lot of time in California. All right, I have something to hope you don't you know, take this the wrong way. I, I'm, I'm curious. I might be going to your play next week. My cousin wants to take me. Oh, please but, do. I, well, I have to get something cleared up first. I, I love all my Phillies. I'm a baseball guy. You're a football guy. I'm a baseball guy. because the best moments of my life with my dad. That you know, was a connection with my dad, you know, in baseball and stuff like that. The game. When I was a kid, and I remember the Phillies' 23-game losing streak. Do you remember that? Oh, 61. 61. Sure, oh, never right. forget who, who, it. Who broke the 23-game losing streak? Which pitcher? Was it John Buzard? John Bazard against the Braves, the second game of doubleheader. I, just like I know the Eagles, I know who threw the key block on Ted Dean's touchdown in 16. Do you remember who threw yeah. the key block?
4: Yeah, Jerry Huth. Jerry Rob, we, Huth.
5: Okay. we can't play trivia here. We got to get to the point. Okay, I, I think uh, Ray, and I hope I'm wrong. I do. You, do you dislike the Phillies, or just I mean I, I mean if oh, they were no. playing the Mets in the last game of the year, right, and the winner went to the playoffs, mm-hmm. would you want to see them go and like take a little bit of the edge away, a little bit of the attention away from your Eagles, or do you root for them? Oh
4: no 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 no! I want the okay. Phillies to win.
5: Okay, good. I feel loved. Now I'll go to your play.
4: Okay, <laughs> was, please do. <laughs> I'm
5: to go. No, Ray, Ray, no, no.
4: Ray's
3: intent is you're you're they're they're listen. I'm very enthusiastic about this team. You think I'm over enthusiastic about this team? That's your honest opinion, right? It's not you thinking, being being a, a, a Debbie Downer, yeah, wishing or ill a, on them by yeah, any means, right?
4: No, nothing at all. I'm just you know I'm just trying to be. You know, it, it, it kind of became a little bit of a thing on Eagle's pregame show on the TV when I would say, reality check! Yeah. I mean, I would do it when usually uh, it was... Are you,
3: the, are you I, reality checking me?
4: Mildly. Uh. I mean, it isn't quite like I used to have to do with the governor. I used to really have to reel the governor in sometimes <laughs> when he was doing the pregame show of this. But I think every so often I kind of feel the need to just kind of, okay, let's let's just step back a moment and take a real, look at, a real hard look at where we are. And look, I think the Phillies are going to be a good team, and it, as I said yesterday our projections for the team aren't that different. You're saying 89 wins. I'm saying 85, mm-hmm. which, you know, we're, we're really at, literally in the same ballpark. But, I mean, you're just a lot more Effusive. utterly confident in them. Yeah, like, and- you're talking about the rotation you think can be very good. I do. I think, you know, to me, I don't think it can be very good. There's too many question marks there. But I think they can be good enough when they're backed up by a good offense. And though I think the one thing we both agree on is they're going to be a good offense. They're yep. going to score a lot of runs. Yep. All right,
3: 215-592-9494. Coming up, we're going to talk Sixers basketball with Keith Pompey, who uh, handles that team for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Find out what he thinks of Embiid in the playoff race and what he thinks about them in uh, – excuse me, Embiid in the MVP and them in the playoffs. So we got that coming up. 215-592-9494.